welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is at C. Pauline, and we are here trying to get into recovery mode. I am joined by Southern Cynic and Akira. Hey, ladies. Hey, how's it going? Mm. <laughs> how's it going? Okay, so we're here to talk about runtime error, and I'm calling it the iconic commercial-free episode of Mr. Robot, because it is definitely one for the ages. So Akira just asked us before we hit record, she said, have you ladies recovered? Um, Southern Cynic, have you recovered? Um, I think I'm okay. Um, I got, you know, some oxygen going, so I'm feeling a little lightheaded. I'm good. Mm. It's okay. Uh, for myself, it went, I felt like it went so fast. Like when it ended, I thought it had, it felt like it was just 15 minutes and it was 45. So it went by really, really fast. And I could have watched it again. Like I could have just hit my DVR and hit play again, but I forced myself not to. It was a lot. It was very um, anxiety producing. Yeah. I had my dinner sitting on a plate I was ready to eat right when the show started and Foolish. I blinked and the show was over and I had to get one bite out of my pizza sitting there cold like I couldn't even focus enough to eat <laughs> I was about to say if you could watch that show and eat at the same time good on you with the multitasking and what was your secret but um yes yeah, so, but yeah for those of us who still haven't recovered Cor Adana who co-wrote the episode um Every week he does an, um, an interview with um, Josh Wiggler of, um, Holly, from The Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. And they always end these interviews with, all right, what's the tease for the next week? And, oh, man, Corey just hit, us, hit me with it. I don't know if you the ladies had a chance to read it yet, but ne- he says that next week is going to be even more intense. And it's probably his favorite episode of the series thus far. I did Ooh. read that article today. Okay. And, yeah, I they are – this – season you know a lot of shows they don't they can't maintain a certain level and Mr. Robot has just ramped it up this season in general and I don't know if I'm ready for next week which is what I said last week which I think is what I said the week before um (laughs) I just don't know what to do yeah, I'm feeling just like Elliot after the hack happened and he's in Times Square. And it's just like exactly that. I don't know what to do. Like, what are we supposed to do? Just, ah, it's only so many times we can tell ourselves to breathe. You know, there's only so much liquor in the world to get through to get through one episode. Much I less, know. much less, <laughs> much less on the next anxiety inducing episode. So it's so, it's like, so, yeah. We're like halfway through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't can't deal with the finale. It's not even here and I can't deal with it. What I can't deal with is the day after the finale. when It's like, (laughs) we're going to have to wait for the next season. I don't want to even think about that. No, I don't want to think about that just yet. I'm like, no, let me just, you know. Try and see if we can talk right rows into just all right, pushing, putting, pushing the pause button, and so we can keep Mr. Robot around for a little bit longer until 
yeah, the next season rolls around, you know, like, oh, like it'll be one little smooth transition. Oh, season four is here already. It's yeah, didn't even, be... miss the, didn't even miss the time without it. You're, you're very <sighs> yeah. wishful. That's some wishful thinking right there, I my know. friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. So yeah, let's, I gotta let's, keep that wishful thinking going. Yeah, I was um, very proud of us all that we were able to tweet last night during the episode. I could not read any tweets during the episode, but I was just proud of myself for actually typing and hitting send or whatever. So kudos to you ladies for being able to um, to actually tweet. I don't know if they made sense. But <laughs> I yeah. A lot of typos. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. Um, I was, the closer we got to ten to the ten o'clock hour, I was just. I don't know if I'm gonna be. I don't know if I should. I was like. I was like, if I literally ha- blink, I'm gonna miss something. So, um, but yeah, I managed to get out a tweet or two. But um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Again, it was one of them episodes where I just stood in front of my TV the whole time, did not, did not even try to sit down until after it was over. Um, yeah, like I said, we at that, we're at that point in the season where I just have to watch the show standing up because if I sit down, something's going to happen. I'm going to shoot up out of the seat like, what? Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my hubs is gone. It was, and actually this episode was the night of his birthday and he's out of town. So, oh, sad for hubs, but that meant I got to go and get the really big TV <laughs> and sit in the dark in front of the big TV in front of the fireplace and just watch Mr. Robot by myself. So, yay me. Girl, sad for his birthday, but you got the big TV. <laughs> and I, I'm so terrible. I am so terrible. <laughs> I can't be mad at you. You know, if you got the if you got access to the big TV, especially for this episode, why not take advantage of it? I know you have to have like the biggest TV you can have access to. Come on, that's his fault for going out of town anyway. Whatever. Um, let's get mm-hmm. into this episode. So um, we ended the last episode where. Elliot had seen Tyrell and Angela together and she was knocking him out with, we still don't know what was in that syringe. And we knew that she was keeping Elliot sedated over the weekend. And now it is Monday and Elliot is on the elevator. And was anyone able to translate or have you guys gone online and seen, gotten the translation, um, from that gentleman on the elevator. I believe he was speaking German to Elliot. It was something yep. about the beginning of... I got part of it. Every beginning yeah. is hard, but I don't... I He said more than that, though. Yeah. Basically, it was. It translates to um, all beginnings are hard and um, starting is easy. Persistence is an art. Mm, that sounds like something White Rose would say. Why is this dude dropping... Um, knowledge in the elevator, you know, first thing in the morning without anybody prompting him. Do Was anybody think, weirded out by that? Do you think that really happened? I don't know. Because uh, Elliot was glitching. Yeah, Elliot could. was glitching really bad. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone does bust out with some um, proverbs. Um, yeah, just say them out loud type of thing. Um, but the funny, funny 
funny with it being just some random guy saying stuff, you know, just blurting stuff out. We're like, yeah, that's something that Elliot would do when he may be trying to when whatever he is saying may be meant for us mm-hmm. and it just slips. Um, but yeah, but it was a nice little nod to um, pretty much the set, basically, yeah, to set the tone that, uh, yeah, the whole, with setting the whole hack that, yeah, starting the hack was easy and stage, the stage two was the next process, like just being able to continue forward with the plan as is. Um, yeah, nice little set of, nice little way to set that tone there for this for this episode. And oh man, like I said, we're st- still recovering. I hope I'm able to get some clear thoughts out tonight. I I am too because I I feel like all discombobulated. <laughs> so we see Elliot, and we know that um, he knows about Tyrell and Angela, but Elliot doesn't know. And it was very interesting to kind of see where, how Elliot's memory loss can happen because it took him a while to finally get that trigger to help him remember what he missed, um, even to know what day it was, because like he said, he was just running his routine, but he could feel like there was a runtime error, that there was something going on. Um, He had a corrupted memory and maybe that was making him have this issue. But can we talk about his conversation with his um, cubicle mate, Samar? Southern Cynic. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Samar. (laughs) Man, fuck Samar. (laughs) He deserved that reheat. And then he kept talking. He, oh, oh, I work with people like this and it just, oh. You just want to slap your coworker. Samar is the kind of person who deserves a slap. And I was so happy (laughs) <laughs> Elliot read him, but um, then he realized that, oops, <laughs> I said that out loud. It wasn't meant for him. It was meant for you. <laughs> but, um, but hey, he, he, he came back in the end and he helped our friend out. So I don't know, maybe he's a quarter decent, mm. even though he's an ass. I, I don't know. Mm. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> Is Samar a quarter decent, Akira? Well, I have my issues with him um, with, again, like just constantly rambling on about all the sex he's getting. And it's like, boy, please, you know, you're not getting that much. Um, so then when Elliot finally read him and realized, oh, that meant, that was meant for us. Um, I wasn't, all, I wasn't mad at Elliot for letting that slip because, you know, some people kind of, some people need that sometimes. It's like, uh, you know, to get some people need that mirror to be put up in front of that face, and it's like, really. Um, but yeah, then he started talking again, and I, I mean, I was with Elliot when it was just uh, when he was talking about when Samara was talking about I'll be all silent now, and it's like, yeah, you do that, and then he kept talking, and it was like, okay, he's still gonna keep talking, um, and of course, talks gives us the truth about his, you know, his true number. Um, one and a half. half. What is the half? One and a half. Oh, it, um, it went further than that because I the second time yeah. I watched it, I was listening intently to what Samara was mm-hmm. saying. So yeah, it, the it, yeah, it started. And- yeah, it started with um two. It started with him saying he'd had sex twice, and then it went to one and a half, 
which I don't know, like you said, what is a half? And then it went to a high end courtesan. So like really expensive. Then that changed to, I've never had penetration. There's never been any penetration to a tug and rub to basically he's impotent. So like, <laughs> um, yeah, so the, after we got all that, I mean, he, he ended up coming through for Elliot. So yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll agree with Southern Cynic that he was able to get a quarter amount of decency back to him. And even he used his vulgarity for good. Yeah, oh my yes. god. But even <laughs> in that interaction, he it was because of that one question he asked Elliot that Elliot realized he didn't know what he had done that weekend and helped him kind of figure out something was seriously wrong. So props to Samar for asking Elliot what did you do over the weekend and props for, you know, running um interference for him. So but yeah, still as a whole, I don't ever want to see Samar again. Basically. So Angela has executed with Price to get Elliot fired. And Elliot is realizing that the Dark Army has tried to run stage two and they're trying to get around the um, defenses that Elliot has set up to prevent stage two from happening. So we get to see Elliot have to, to um, kind of think on his feet and be um, quick like a cat like we've seen Angela be in season two. How did he do Southern Cynic thinking on his feet? I'm sorry, I totally missed the question because you're fading out on me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I said, how, how do you think Elliot did with thinking on his feet to um, prevent himself from getting... Um, taken by HR and thrown out. He seems like he's done this before. And through the whole process, I started wondering, well, at some point during this, is Mr. Robot quietly guiding him through what he needs to do and how to get out? Because knowing Elliot, I don't, he doesn't deal with high stress situations too well, but he was handling it. So I was um, towards the end, right before he got to the elevator, finally, and met up with who we think is Mr. Robot. I, I thought Mr. Robot was actually in control for a moment. Oh, um, interesting. It, and it was, <clears throat> it was his speech patterns, um, especially in the conference room, the way he was talking to the guy. He was very confident in talking to him. You see, he was looking him directly in the eye um, and coming up with all this nonsense to say, but um, yeah, I was I was beginning to wonder, you know, maybe we're getting to a point where we're seeing Mr. Robot come through without those indicators that we were talking about last week. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. What do you think about that, Akira? Um, well, seeing Elliot handle all this social engineering again, um, we didn't really get to see him do that much of it. I don't think in season two. Um, so to see him resort back to that is always fun um, to see if he runs into any hurdles and how he manages to jump over those hurdles to eventually get what he wants um, or what he needs from that person in that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it really is interesting where, again, we're continuing to even question, if, are we even looking at Elliot or are we looking at Mr. Robot? Because um, 
they've been playing with blurring the lines uh, with those transitions. Um, because even going back to season one, we've, where he had to go into Steel Mountain, we saw those, you know, visually we saw, oh, Mr. Robot was in the background helping him out, giving him that, giving him the push that he needed in order to destroy Bill and um, every other task that he needed to get through in order to get to where he needed um, the room that he needed to be in to initiate that part of the hack. But, um, yeah, uh, just, yeah, and it's definitely with the way that they're blurring the lines with these trans transform with these transformations between Elliot and Robot, it's now getting really hard where you really have to go back and watch again and again. And he's got those indicators, like you said, oh, your eyes, you never, you know, like Angela said, your eyes, you never try to look away. Um, and even the fact that the I guy mean, and there the... There was nothing with us now making us pay extra attention. Yeah, and the guy in the conference room, Elliot actually like patted him on the shoulder or something. You couldn't see him touching it, but it was evident that he like touched him voluntarily, which you don't see Elliot touching people. Um, and then uh -huh. also when he was trying to get that guy's workstation, there was that moment when he was really aggressive towards him and getting in his face, which is not Elliot-like. But even when Elliot eventually gets to the elevator and ends up in the lobby and he has that interaction with Mr. Robot um, that he tells us is just his imagination and Mr. Robot isn't there, it was just a nice way for Sam to show us that Elliot realizes that he needs Mr. Robot in these stressful situations because, as he said, we're not enough for him because we don't talk back to him. And I was a little bit offended by mm -hmm. that. I felt like he was being mean to us a little bit last night. <laughs> like, I don't like when he gets mad at us. But I did like when he looked. Did you see him look directly at the camera um, at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, when he was asking us to um, keep keep our eyes open. Yes. Uh, to help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. The other can thing. We, can we take a moment to um talk about the white out lady girl i was just about to talk about edie <laughs> edie that was her name oh my gosh oh, elliot was not her. ready <laughs> elliot was not ready for her she is no. sitting in the corner sniffing white out which i didn't even know they still made white out getting high and Elliot's thinking she is the perfect mark. And Edie said, no, that wasn't me. I love it. Yep. Just came up with all type of hurdles. And then when she got up to send him over, to walk him over to the other guy's um, cubicle, ended up, um, you know, um, wait a minute. What's the yeah. yeah, basically just closing off her desktop for anybody to get, you know, to have to get access to. So it was like, yeah, because from the audience perspective, we probably were looking at looking at her too and probably thinking, yeah, he's going to go after her. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah, <laughs> because you look at her and you're, you're first, like, I'm going to just be, show my bias. I'm like, what is this old lady doing with these tech people? Because you don't think of the older generation being technically savvy and I thought that was really great that they placed her there to show us viewers you know you know check yourselves 
There could be yeah, EDs put, around you. She put the brakes on everybody. If you mm-hmm. think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, also, it kind of reminded me of um, Romero a bit when he, uh, that scene where we got in season two where uh, him and Mobley are uh, at the arcade and talking about the history of the whole, of the history of the arcade and uh, Romero tells him, you know, I basically wrote the book on how you, on how you do this shit. So, yeah, so it was kind of, to me, it was a bit of a throwback to Romero and, you know, a lot of the, that old school, I built, you know, I wrote this shit. Y'all just, you know, y'all just read the guys type of thing. I love it. I love it. Well, we have to talk about um, Darlene because Darlene is calling Elliot when Elliot um, finally figures out that instead of trying to stop the dark army, he's going to try to get that building evacuated and lets himself be led out of evil core. He calls in the worst bomb threat ever. Like, I don't know who that operator was, but I don't even think she believed him. What do you think, Akira, when he called in the bomb threat? Yeah, that whoever was on the other end of the phone, I was getting annoyed. I'm like, Elliot, don't even bother going through the whole hydrogen <laughs> explanation. Just, just give it to us straight. What's going on? Because homegirl thought, homegirl was like, oh, UPS. No, we use e shipping. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, like, it was just like, are you for real? Um, but also. But also, I think I was more blunt when I was watching the episode, and it was like, Elliot, just get to the damn point, because, <laughs> you know, because so y'all, I mean, y'all ladies know I was having my own customer service issues, like, the night before, but still, sometimes you just got to go straight to the point, like, um, late, like, lady, no, shut up, this is what's going on, get the building evacuated, and goodbye, um, wow, yeah, <sighs> UPS. No, we use e-shipping. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. But I'm very um, skeptical about whether that building is going to get evacuated because they that has been brought up. I think the last two episodes asking about the evacuation of that building, and I think we can safely say that Irving has been lying to Angela about that being taken care of. And I'm thinking White Rose doesn't want that building evacuated. Uh, what do you think, Southern Cynic? Uh, he was clearly lying. Um, he said, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ruben was lying. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, Elliot was really bugging me. Like, if you're going to call in a bomb threat, that's all you need to say. There is a bomb in the building. If you have a building that's long enough, they have a plan for that. Get out. So I'm I'm wondering if she even heard it. Or if she even cared, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Irvin was totally lying to Angela. And as smart as Angela is, I just can't understand why she hasn't picked up on that yet. That I think perhaps she- Irvin is playing her, you know, because she's like hanging on to I his think- every word. Well, I think the fact that we're seeing Angela have questions and have conflicts with what's going on, I think it's. Um, the extent to how far she has to go, I think is finally starting to sink in for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she does want to see this plan through, I think that there are some aspects of it that she's not willing, that she's not okay with and hasn't really come to terms with 
Um, for example, the fact that some, the fact that people may die as a result of this. Um, but at the same time, I do think that she is capable of seeing it through. Again, she just has to realize that there are, um, there are unforeseen circumstances, things that you may not want to happen, but you, you know, has to happen be has to happen if you want to get this done um but but i mean so some of the things mm -hmm. that we've seen her have to do in this particular episode in order to get um the dark army what they need in order to bypass elliot's patch <sighs> yeah um yeah did, she made some choices that she's just gonna have to live with did anybody for a moment think that angela was gonna kill that lady or like hit that cop in the head i was worried for a second that she was actually gonna yeah. draw blood on somebody the, just the tension you could see it in her face i think she was mulling yeah. it over i i, I, I mean, if not if i mean if not kill her at least you know get her unconscious in some way mm -hmm. i was worried about the woman yeah. more than than mm -hmm. the, the cop for sure because she did look tense in that it's moment yeah Right. Which but is also, which is saying a lot for Angela because she's usually pretty good at thinking on her feet and avoiding situations like that. Yeah, but actually, I mean, since you do bring up the cop, um, man, I mean, for her to um, draw attention to the protesters to in order to get him away, in order to get herself away from him, um, yeah, I feel, yeah, yeah, that was. That was a bit, I mean, uh, I can't even get it out, but yeah, because <laughs> um, I watched it again, um, like the last time that, I, uh, what was it, the third time that I watched the episode, watched it online with captions going through and everything, and just hearing, oh, skull cracking, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. and then, and then watching it again, and then of course watching it again, and just like, pausing, you know, pausing the, um, the TV, pausing it for a moment, and you're seeing him there on the ground, you're like okay Angela again something you know part of it that you may not have come to terms with that you yourself might be um solely responsible for the death of somebody so yeah but I, I mean she I went think, there I think that she in this episode is really understanding the um the the depth of the dark army and the links that white rose will go to because mm -hmm. um, she had no idea that that was going to happen, obviously, when she was on the phone with Irving the first time. And then when she was on the phone with him after she had um, made the copy on the USB um, drive, she was like, I almost got hurt. Your people almost hurt me. And Irving was like, we just lit the fuse. We can't control the explosion, which I kind of feel like mm -hmm. is some foreshadowing you could kind of see on Angela's face that she's realizing that she's not protected. And um, in some ways she, if she had been hurt, you just would have been hurt. You know, there was no one really mm -hmm. coming to save you. It was really just, you serve this purpose. You do what we need you to do type of a deal. Um, All right. I had a question for you ladies. So Irving wanted Elliot to, basically complete the task that Angela ended up doing. And he was surprised that Elliot didn't do that. Does Irving 
and White Rose, do they understand about Mr. Robot and Elliot? Because at some point I thought Irving realized that there was a Mr. Robot and there was an Elliot, but then he seemed surprised that Elliot wasn't doing that, so I wasn't sure. I don't think they knew that Angela had him fired. I definitely agree with that, that they had no idea. She just went and did that on her own. Yeah, that's, that's right. my whole take on that. They didn't yeah. realize that Elliot wasn't there because of Angela. Right. I agree with you there. And also, I mean, we've seen, um, we've seen Irving um, mention, especially to Angela, to Angela's face that, you know, are you sure he's ready to go? You know, last time I talked to him and he was acting like he'd never, he, like we'd never met. So I think that he um, questions what's going on with Elliot at times. So I don't, at this point, I can't, at this point, I don't think that he knows that there is a Mr. Robot um, in addition to Elliot, um, you know, the Mr. He, Robot side to Elliot. Does he know that Elliot has been like they were saying in the last episode, spending his days trying to prevent them from going forward. And then Mr. Robot at night trying to, you know, they're like fighting each other basically. So does, do they realize that Elliot has even been doing that? I'm going to have to now go back and watch the uh, Tyrell episode again, but no, not that one, the episode it's before, the but um, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, she, I mean, because Angela did have that conversation. No. Didn't she? I don't remember who she had the conversation Tyrell. where she was she saying, yeah, where Tyrell. she was saying like that was the best. Yeah. Where she was saying that that was the best way to manage him. So I think that, um, well, I do. Yeah. I would believe that based on Tyrell's conversation with Irving, that he is aware that um, Elliot has um, basically screwed them over. But at the same time, I think that they still, I think that, from Irving's perspective, I think that he was, uh, he's kind of of that thought that they still need Elliot to see this through since he's, mm -hmm. you know, between him and Angela, they definitely, I think, would, you know, look, at toward, look towards Elliot to complete that task rather than Angela. So, again, I think it's just keeping him around to serve his purpose until we may not need him anymore. I was very interested in the fact that Irving said, what asked Angela afterwards why were you on that phone why were you on that floor because he wasn't expecting mm -hmm. her to have um, completed the task and the fact that he pointedly asked her did you do everything on that card and she said right. yes so well, she ladies, hesitated do, you for think, a do you think she did do you think she did everything I would like to think she did but the fact that she even hesitated and then Irving and Irving followed that up with, you know, if you didn't do everything, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so, yeah, I want to believe that. I want to believe that she did it. So, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say that she did every that she did manage to do everything because remembering back to season two, she did um, go through um, her training with Mobley to uh, set up the femtocell and whatnot. So that kind of gave her a bit of training to see this part through. What do you think, yeah. Summer Cynic? Um, that's exactly my line of thinking. She's had the training before. We know she can work in high-pressure situations as long as she has instructions, you know, a clear goal. You can guide her to that goal. She will get it done. I'm so I think she completed it. 
I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you. But, but, well, but with the hesitation, I think that there's only the hesitation, I think, because of what, you know, things that she didn't plan for that happened in that situation, like the lady coming into the room. She wasn't expecting that. So I think that, again, the, 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 weight, the full weight of the situation, I think, led to that um, moment of hesitation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go out on that the one. The fact that she's hunting for a USB drive, like, I would feel like if they wanted her to copy this on a USB drive, they would have given it to her in that package. And with all of that dropping of the, the package in the elevator and all of that, perhaps the one they wanted her to use dropped out and that's why she was searching for one. So that was a red yeah. flag to me that maybe she might have completed everything, but it wasn't done exactly the way or with the materials they expected her to use. Yeah, I can see where you're going with on that, and it's, and I especially was watching, you know, questioning that too, like with the with the package dropping. Hopefully, she got everything that she needed um, off the ground and everything. So. And even then, when she has to go searching for a USB, and it's like, wait a minute, girl, why are you grabbing just any random USB drive? Um, but yeah, um, I want to. Yeah, she I want to have. She I'm probably gonna, found I'm, some. I'm she probably. She probably found it. some Mars porn USB drive or something. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but despite all that, I'm gonna step out on faith that Angela completed the whole thing. Um, as she was supposed to. Well, okay. as Elliot was supposed to. As Elliot was supposed to, which is always interesting. I'm just glad that there were gloves in that container because I know when they did the femme to sell, we were like, why didn't she just put on some gloves? So I'm glad Angela had on gloves. And even with the gloves on, she still like um she wiped, wiped the door. Wiped yes. Now. Yes. Yes, dear. No evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking that I note, Angela. Be careful. <laughs> so one of the things that struck me when Angela put on that F Society mask, my lord, her head is so small. Or either that mask is really huge. <laughs> that mask is really <sighs> It's constricting. I'll just say that much. Um, the times that I've put it on, it's really hard to see out of at times. Um, it's super hot. <laughs> it, yeah, it does get super hot. And yeah, um, for time, especially if just it presses up against your face. And especially if you wear glasses, my God, it hurts. Like, yeah, that mask is just really... It's a, it's a trying thing to wear, even if even if only for a few minutes. But yeah, um, and even if it didn't have pepper spray all in it. No, <laughs> I mean the mask is already constricting and enough to try to get through without all that. So, ah, that's just that's just an extra added an extra added element to it. They're like, Lord, this mask. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you a mask, ma'am. I know. I want that black one. I want that black, um, the black version I sent you guys in the DMs. Have you seen that one before to purchase? Because that's the one that I would like to have. Um, well, I have not seen that one until you sent the picture in the DM. So, mm. yeah. I think Anonymous I mean, um, had that on their, one of their Twitter 
accounts, one of the anonymous Twitter accounts had posted that picture. So I wonder if they custom did that or not, but it looks really cool and black. It's a it's a guy Fox mask though, right? Yeah. Or is it a okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, black and gold. Looks yeah. Sweet. It looks really good. It looks really good. One of the things I noticed, um, you know when they did the long shot from Elliot to the protesters breaking into Evil Core, did you notice that the um protesters that were on the elevator that was a really diverse group of folks because there was like, um, there was an Asian gentleman, there was like a black gentleman on there and there, and one of them was a woman. So I was like, yeah, I yeah. like, I yes. like this diversity here. I like that. The, rel- the revolution is diverse. Yes. I'm like, yay, go women. And she was up there tearing stuff up because I kept my eye on her. Um, I was I was concerned about Greg in the elevator though. You know he was just trying to go down and get some Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> you know, Instagram photos, talk to his boo, and all this shit goes down. Trapped in the elevator. I don't know why he didn't just give them his um little card. Why were you hesitating, boy? Well, they gave him the card and just walked out peace. I, bye. Yeah, I I certainly would like take it all. I'm good. And that was obviously a setup by White Rose. Um, I feel like they let us in on that because they were they were saying, why were there so many protesters? Let's talk about what was going on in the background. So every time you were on the elevator, we were seeing the news. And um, White Rose told us that she wanted the um, stage two to happen the day of the UN vote, which is kind of like giving Price the finger in essence. And so the vote had to pass unanimously to give China the ability to annex the Congo, which was able to pass. And we also saw um, White Rose's hype man hyping up Donald Trump to be the next. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but he was doing it. Hyping up Trump to be the next president. So, one of the questions I had, and I meant to research this before tonight, is how do you even annex a country because they're a country and they have a government and like, how do you even go about that? I think we need like a social studies teacher to. <laughs> <laughs> he is because that's way over my head. It's like, I don't know. Cause I keep thinking like, how are you going to decide the fate of a country that is established. This is just bringing me back to colonialism and when um, all of these nations had this big meeting, which is something that actually happened. And I'm sorry, I'm not using actual terms, but they basically divided up Africa. So instead of fighting for all of the riches in Africa, all of these countries decided which parts of Africa they were going to conquer basically um and that kind of felt like what was happening um in the episode with making this decision to annex the congo so i have lots of questions about that so my my major question is Hmm. what exactly is in the congo that white rose wants so badly i mean they're with washington township maybe that's where wakanda is <laughs> she wants all that vibranium. <laughs> I don't think Chitala would appreciate that. 
Oh my God, if Black Panther showed up. I don't want to see that fight. <laughs> oh Lord. I don't know. Who would I root for between White Rose and Black Panther? Mm. Black Panther. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. For the ancestors. But yeah, we're going to have to keep our eye out and our ear out about this whole Congo thing and the annexation and oh, White Rose's plan. I can just imagine White Rose sitting back, watching the, the events unfold, looking at her clock and sipping tea and just cackling with joy of everything that's going down. We have to talk about Darlene. Mm. Yes, we do. The so, liar, the traitor. Oh, <laughs> uh, the liar, the traitor. I felt better about Darlene this episode because she did tell Elliot what she, that she was working for the FBI and she didn't have to. And she also revealed that she made a deal for them. So it wasn't just a deal for herself, um, that it did include oh, Elliot. So I felt a little bit better about that. You ladies didn't. Well, okay. Well, as far as Darlene working with the FBI, I did speculate that um, that since they uh, she was trying to get information on Tyrell, I was like, it's I was like it's possible that she probably struck a deal for her and Elliot. But also at the same time, um, there was some betrayal going on with her and with her working with the FBI and not telling them. Yes, it was part of her immunity and all that stuff. Um, you know, for her not to tell him, but still. Um, but yeah, just the betrayal and everything with the hacking and everything. I mean, El poor Elliot. Elliot just got a one-two knockout with yeah. Darlene's or with Darlene's betrayal, and then with Angela's betrayal. But the funny thing though is that Darlene was like, Angela's working with the Dark Army, so she's you know, it's kind of like she's the one that you should be pissed at, and it's like, <laughs> honey, girl. You betrayed him too. Yeah. I did this bad thing, but guess who did worse? <laughs> exactly. It's like, um, no, there is no, like, okay, yeah, yeah, one might be, no, like, Elliot was just saying the other week, we don't do this to each other. Like, come yeah. on, girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I felt bad for Darlene. I mean, she's standing there in freaking sweatpants, looking like a ragamuffin, terrible, just, wrecked <laughs> and then you see Elliot and they did a great job with the sound like that moment she said that you could just feel like the errors running through his code as soon as she said that oh I mean that was just brilliant the way they used that that mark with the sound to illustrate that for us as viewers but you know the betrayal for Elliot with the two people he trusted the most to have both betrayed him in this way. Um, and that last scene where he asked Angela, do you have something to tell me? What do you think? What do you think she's going to do? Just for, I don't want to swear, but for giggles, what do you think? What do you think Angela's response to that question is going to be Southern cynic? Is she going to lie? Is she going to, Spill her guts. I I don't know. I I would think that she would pry and poke 
at Elliot to get as much information as she can out of him about what he knows before she formulates an answer. Just mm-hmm. to see where he's at. Like, what are you talking about? Why, why do I need to talk to you? You know, tell me what's going on. And she'll hopefully work her way out of that. But taking two steps back before she walked into him, what the heck was in that bag that had her so shook up? Did she even look in that bag? Uh, and for her to look up and then see Elliot there, I'm, I'm just concerned. Yeah. Well, to go to go a little bit further on that, you did. You guys did notice that when um, after she um finished the hack and got the SSI, um had the S society get up on, she's um over by the elevator over by the elevator, and you see someone running past. And I was like, when I was watching it last night, I'm like, that Elliot, and then watched it again. I'm like, yep, that's him. Um, so he managed to get back in the building, obviously, but um. Yeah, then come to realize that he was too late to get to the um, H, uh, to get to the um, machine that he needed to get to. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna do, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Southern Cynic. I think that she might try to do some sort of social engineering, maybe to get um, to figure out how much he knows before she really spills everything. But I think, um, yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to do a bit of social engineering and then because then also going into the next week, we've got that scene between Angela and Darlene. So um, I think that um, we've heard Angela say in one of the trailers, like this could be the end of Evil Corp. So I think that she um, is still going to be steadfast in, um, in her objective, despite Elliot now knowing that she betrayed him. Because I think that if she does even try to come clean to Elliot um, again, I think that she just realizes that or she believes that she, what she's doing is for the greater good. Um, yeah. And just, I think feel that Elliot will eventually understand where she's coming from. I, I agree with that. I think she is. I feel like you said Southern cynic, she's very shaken and I don't think she ever opened that bag. I think that's it was, why I couldn't tell. Did she? Did she actually look into it? Because I don't think it was so. just the way it was shot. Because she, she was looking down at it, and with the sound, I couldn't tell if it sounded like she was opening. You know, well, the, and yeah, the bag looked like it was like folded over or something. Because she would have had to like unfold it and open it. I felt like she was just sh- shocked from everything that had happened that night just some realizations of the depth of what they're doing. Um, But I think, I feel like she's going to tell Elliot because I felt like in the season premiere when they were in her apartment and she asked him, um, what if you could go back and none of this ever happened or however she phrased it. Like I felt like she almost told him then and decided not to. So I feel like she's going to try to, like you said, tell him and convince him that what she's doing is right. I think she's still committed to what she's doing. Um, I don't think she's going to be swayed enough to stop whatever goal it is that White Rose has. But I think she's going to tell Elliot somehow or another. Maybe. I have a question. Ask it. Um... Does this sandwich-eating lackey of white rose have any other clothing besides a white? 
static soup. Why is this dude always popping up in his soup and eating the sandwich? That's all I want. Leave no trace behind. <laughs> I say, leave no trace behind. And how good is Red Wheelbarrow? He is always eating this. What is up with this dude? It's got to be good because he's always eating it. Irving's always eating mm-hmm. it. Everyone, everyone that's eating some of Red Wheelbarrow talks about that damn milkshake. Dollar milkshake. That's right. You didn't. Were they at uh, what? What Comic Con were they at in San Diego? They were in San Diego. It was San Diego and New York. Yeah, they were at both. Did you go? Did you Um, go in New York? I did, but I well, I was in New York, but I never. Um, no, the red. I think the red wheelbarrow stuff um was happening the day that I the day that I ended up leaving. So um, so I was like. Damn, I'm not gonna have any red wheelbarrow, nor that damn milkshake. <laughs> Girl, what, if you, what if you had rolled up in there and that milkshake was actually twelve dollars? Would have rolled right on back out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I might, I might have, I might have said, "Well, can I get a sample of that damn milkshake?" Well, I like, come on, hit me up with a sample or something. Oh, um, but yeah, if they would have stuck with that twelve dollars, it would have been like. Yeah, no, I don't need the milkshake that much. <laughs> you would, she would have got the milkshake, Mother Senate. She would have got that milkshake. I have no doubt. They would have told her. She well, hell, get one it of on us is, visit. Hell, one of us has got to try this milkshake and let everybody know how good it is. Yeah, so you're gonna say. take one for the team. You'll just take one for the team. I, I just yeah. want some barbecue. I know, right? I need some ribs in my life. Let's try that mop sauce. Oh, to see if girl. that mop sauce is as good as Irvin says. And that rub he was talking about. Oh, mm. it's hard when you live in the northern state trying to find good barbecue because they just don't get it. I feel so mm. sorry for you. Uh, we were talking. <laughs> I was talking about that with somebody the other day. Um, what was it? Somebody um, was that knew that I was in New York and asked me if I'd gone to Sylvia's, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you do realize you're talking to someone from the South when you're talking about so, you know soul food, and you know they were like, oh everyone's like, oh everyone I heard said Sylvia's is good, and I'm like, you're again you're talking to someone born and born and raised in the South. That's debatable. Yeah, you, because it's like it's like we eat like this all the time. You know, I imagine it's it's made bland for northern palates. That's how I imagine it would uh-huh. taste. Like you could see that there may be seasoning on it, but it would just be like it don't it it lacks that extra kick that we're used to. Yeah, you have to pull the hot sauce out of your bag, you know, and and, and yeah, do it all right, you know, that Laurie's that you carry around with you. I have to tell you yeah. that my um my hubs lives is from the Midwest, and we go back every summer and my sister-in-law was telling me about this fried chicken place and she's like yeah the line is always so long she goes it's like thirty dollars for a fried chicken I said I said what do you mean she's like wait a a whole chicken a whole chicken like thirty dollars one piece of chicken no the whole whole chicken the whole like a chicken a fried chicken with like two breasts two legs two wings two thighs this better be a turkey-sized chicken and I'm And then I said, well, how, she goes, it's really expensive. I said, I said, what comes with the chicken? She's like, it's just like fried chicken in size. I said, you mean like Kentucky fried chicken? (laughs) And she's like, Mm -hmm. it is such an anomaly that like, I don't know any person that I've met 
in the Midwest who doesn't look like me, who knows how to actually fry chicken at home. So I think it is an anomaly to be able to go and get fried chicken to the point that they would be willing to spend over $30. For some chicken. But uh, yeah. The gentrification of fried chicken. Lord have mercy. No, but when it comes to my soul food, give it to me from the South. Although, funny enough, being from Miami, I've had people tell me, especially from New York, tell me, oh, Miami's not the South. And I'm like, um, you need to look at the map again because, yes, it is part of the South. No, it's not, but okay. I agree with you. Whatever. Geographically, <laughs> yes. Geographically, yes, damn it. Listen, yeah, listen <laughs> once, you get below look, ta- once you get below Tallahassee, Florida, maybe Jacksonville, you are no longer in the South. You just in Florida. <laughs> shit if that's the case then they can saw they can saw miami off of florida I'm like please I'm like bugs buddy chopping off the whole damn state of florida i'm like no you can just chop off miami we'll need to be part of that miami is basically <sighs> cuba so you have the pretty the much handle, yeah which is the south and then you have florida which is this outerworldly thing that shouldn't exist and then you have miami and then a little well, slip. Orlando's, Orlando. Orlando's basically Disney World. Yeah. yeah. It's his own little country. It's his own little. What about the Florida Keys? What are we calling the Keys? They're the free Keys. State. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Shout out to Brothers Comics. He was celebrating his birthday in the Keys last week. So shout out to him. Yay. Happy birthday. Yeah. Have you had some fun? Uh, he did. I saw the pictures. <laughs> he did have a good time. So we're on, so we're halfway through the season, which is bittersweet. You have which to is remind us. I know, I know, I know. But like you said, next week is going to be wonderful again. It is going to be a joy ride for us. Um, we also got to spend some time talking to Mr. Grant Chang on the Twitters again this week. He was giving us some advice to prepare for this episode. Um, And someone, I'm not naming any names, listeners, got a little bit, um, shall we say, flirtatious. Who that? Um, Innuendo. Who that? Borderline filthy. Oh, that helpful. <laughs> okay, Miss, who said that? <laughs> I'm not saying she sounds any names. like other trash. Just trash. She's very she's very wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, before we end, I have we have to talk about <laughs> we have to talk about the technical stuff that was happening in this episode. Like, yes. gosh, the way it was shot was beautiful. Mm-hmm. All of these long shots, and I think they were doing a lot of one takes. Um, I think mm-hmm. Elliot's and Angela's parts were all like one one take, which is crazy to me but they were weren't they talking about that in the um hollywood reporter article akira yeah they were talking about that um how 
um, basically this whole season they've been using um, long takes and kind of um, getting to what we've seen this point with uh, episode five being um, seamless long takes. Um, Oh man, again, this needs to be, if this isn't the um, episode that pretty much gets submitted for consideration for every single award, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, just go ahead. Like everybody else go home. Yeah, give it to this one. Um, yeah, they were talking about how um, um, I remember reading an article. Um, I think TV Line was uh, talking to Portia Doubleday about um, about this episode, and she was saying how it pretty much reminded her um, of doing theater, where there was a lot of choreography, a lot of rehearsal, rehearsing it, and everything, having to do things more than once. Um, and having moments where you feel bad if a uh, you know a hair is out of place or you are out of frame by an inch or um, something like that, um, but uh, in order to in order to finally get it done, and then also um, with her having to um, perform the hack, uh, how she was able to have Coradonna in her ear, um, you know, guiding her through the process to make sure that she had everything right, um, despite memorizing the cues and everything. Um, but yeah, um, if this uh, yeah, this has to be the episode that gets submitted for the award. Like, yeah. I just give them all the awards. And someone yeah. was even saying, even the craft services, if there's even anything for them, <laughs> give them something. Yeah, they had those chocolate donuts in that scene. That one scene. Did you see that guy's face when Rami touched his chocolate donut? <laughs> And then he was me. Like you see his face, and then he still is he still is dead set on eating that donut. It's like, excuse me? He put it back on the plate. <laughs> he did. Like he was go finish it. Like, okay, some random person that I don't know just touched my donut, but I'm still eat it. And I'm like, um mm, okay, do you? Yeah, it, oh, it, must, yeah. it must be a damn good ass donut. But there was <laughs> a whole a pile. There was like a whole pyramid of them in the center of the table. No, but he wanted that donut. That was he, had, he had taken a bite out of it. He had claimed to. He had staked his claim on that donut. Um, I love the use of sound and music to push forward the story, like the counting they were doing on the elevator, mm-hmm. like Southern Cynic, you have me so aware of ticking and time and all that stuff. Um, so I was thinking about you when they were counting. Did we have elevator. that this episode? I didn't hear ticking. I felt like the counting took the place of the ticking. Hmm. Yeah, the one, two, three, four um, mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, you. I mean, even though you did not see White Rose, oh, her presence was felt. Completely, completely felt. Um, I also like the part when after Angela has pulled off what she needed to do, I think she's on the elevator and she gets off the phone with Irving and they're playing this organ music in the background. Mm-hmm. It just felt like so gothic and like horror was. Oh. Yes. Mm. And it was amazing. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. I- a lot of those, <clears throat> a lot of those scenes were reminding me of scenes from, um, from the Dark Knight, the way oh. that they use the strings mm. to build that tension in certain scenes. It was just, oh, uh, you could feel mm-hmm. it in the back of your neck, how intense. Mm-hmm. 
You you know what I was thinking about Akira. I was thinking of you when that when that organ music was playing. You know, um, the the careful massacre, the the video, the hol- the movie they would watch every Halloween. Um, Darlene mm-hmm. and Elliot. You know how that music is so loud and swells, and that that is kind of what that organ music was reminding me of for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't That's, know why. Oh yeah, just the. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just setting the tone, creating that tension, and oh my God. Yeah, the hair is raising on my arms again, just talking about it. It's, it's that good. It was. It was amazing. But Corridana has promised that next episode is going to be, it's his favorite, so... They're going to be ramping us up again. We only have five left. I'm sorry I keep saying it, but I'm just like in disbelief that it's halfway over, but it has been so good. So, so, so good. So uh, anything else you ladies want to talk about before we end for the night? I feel like we've talked about everything. I think we've hit everything. I think so. I think we got it all. I think we got it all too. So um, shout yeah. out to BD Wong, who I'm hoping we see next week um, and who um, was very kind to us on Twitter this week and to um, Grant Chang, who I'm sure we will be tweeting at this week because we are hashtag shameless. Um, so <laughs> some of us more than others. <sighs> That's all I'm saying. So um, this is at C Talene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Southern Senate, hashtag shameless. Where can they find you? (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter, being my angelic self. Yes, hashtag Um. wholesome. Um, Akira, where where can they find you? Okay, they can find me. <laughs> okay, they can find me at Hello Friend H three L L zero F R I three N T one. And just remember that this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And hey, you guys please hit subscribe. Please leave us a review. Um, we would love to, you know, know what you think. And there's lots of you who follow us on Twitter, which we always appreciate because we love to talk to you and interact with you. So we will be back next week. I'm sure that we will be shaken and stirred. Ha ha ha. <laughs> By the episode next <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>